Welcome to the Alliance Bible Church Podcast. We exist to be a healthy community, living and sharing the good news of Jesus with neighbors and nations. My good friend Dan is going to read the scripture for us this morning. Okay, it's Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those uh, who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Thanks, Dan. So last year, during the Christmas season, we decorated the inside of our house, right? We, we hung up icicle lights outside of our house. This year, I was able to talk my wife out of icicle lights. If you've ever hung them, I'm sorry. Inside our house, so we set up the nativity. Uh, we set up Joseph and Mary. And then over here on the piano, we set up the wise men because they probably weren't there when the stable when Jesus was born. So we put them across the room. We put up the nativity, we put up some lights on these little trees we have out front inside of our fence. But I've noticed something last year that I hadn't noticed before. If we go to the next slide, there's a tree in front of our house that looks like a giant Christmas tree. Right? It's the right shape, it's everything. And I don't know what your next thought would be after realizing this, but mine was, I need to decorate that. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I, I need lights and ornaments and things on that tree. You can see that basketball hoop, so that's, it's probably a 30, 35 foot tall tree. It's taller than our house is. And it's a totally a normal thought to think you need to decorate that, right? That's just, okay. Making sure I'm not crazy. So after Christmas last year, I went out to the Walmart and I bought a bunch of white lights at half price. I bought some assorted red and silver ornaments and I put them in the attic to wait for 11 months. Then it was time. It was the day after Thanksgiving. It had finally arrived. It was time for the halls to be decked. We set up the nativity again. Wiseman on the piano across the room. We hung the stockings with care by the chimney, as one does. I found a box of white fudge-covered Oreos at Winco. They only come out at Christmas, which is good, because if I could have them all year, I would be a much larger man, (laughs) because I can't not eat them. Things were going great. The inside was done. It was time to hit the outside with decorations. It was cold, but it wasn't raining. It was the perfect day. I got all my lights together. I ran the extension cord from inside my garage to the base of the tree that I was about to climb. Put all the lights in a Home Depot bucket because I don't have enough hands to climb a tree and carry lights. And to get that Home Depot bucket with me, I used a bungee cord and put it on my belt loop. Uh, Real official. I took the extension cord, I took the end of it and kind of tied a lasso and put it around myself like I was Indiana Jones. I got the ladder out because once I get to about six foot high, that tree is just real easy climbing. I mean, it's nice and open at the bottom. I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm climbing, I'm climbing, I'm climbing. 
And as I got higher and higher, it was more, more difficult to climb through the branches with a giant Home Depot bucket hanging out by your knee. But I managed to make it happen. I was making good progress. I took a minute, I stopped, and I could look out, and I could see over the top of our house. And this is the first time I thought to myself, self, maybe the very top of this tree isn't suitable for human occupancy. Like, like I knew that, okay? Like, I know, I know it gets smaller, and it gets skinnier, and it gets wobblier up there, like, but I'm like, like, I'm six foot tall, so if, like, if I can stand on a branch and feel like kind of safe, like I can reach the top, and the plan was to just kind of throw the lights down and kind of wiggle them so they weren't a straight line, just throw all the lights from one extension cord, you know, plug them all in, so this, and throw them all down. It's like, I could, I could maybe, like, I was, I was 80% sure that I could make this happen without falling out of the tree. I also felt pretty sure if I did follow the tree, I would like fall down through the tree, which would hurt, but there wouldn't be one big impact, you know? <laughs> Looking back, I probably should have had a bike helmet on. That would have been wise, but I didn't. So I stopped there. I could see over the top of my house. I mustered some more oomph and started to climb again, but I was greeted by an unfamiliar sound. It sounded kind of like an angry cat, but scarier. My first thought was, squirrels don't make that sound, do they? And also, if a squirrel did make that sound, how big is the squirrel that made that sound? <laughs> I stopped moving, and I lowered myself down just a little bit and was sitting on a branch, looking intently at Walt to find out what was angry with me. And then I saw this. <laughs> Isn't he cute? <laughs> like, I love raccoons. I want pet raccoons. They are so, so precious. So precious. There are actually two of them. Two super cute, but also seemingly very, very angry raccoons. Because it's like two in the afternoon. Like, this is, this is not their time to be awake. And they're up in the top of the tree. Like, maybe some birds would fly by, but there should not be a full-size human up there bothering them. All my planning, all my preparation and hope to decorate this tree didn't account for these fellas living in my tree. So cute. We'll leave that picture there for a minute. Uh, your first blank, if you're following along in the message handouts, we can plan everything out, but sometimes plans change. We can plan everything out, but sometimes plans change. So if you've written that down, that's great. Can we go back to the picture of the raccoon real quick? So, so I had my GoPro with me on the first climb, as one does. Um, and... I tried to get it close, and I could actually see a little bit of the raccoon in the shot, but then I thought, you know what I need? I need my monopod. It's a giant selfie stick. It's like six feet long, so I'll put my GoPro on that, and that way I don't have to get as close to these lovely raccoons, and maybe I can get some video footage of them. So I climbed down, got that set up, climbed back up, and actually that's when I got this picture, and this picture is right after he, he screamed at me again. You'll notice that everything but the raccoon is blurry because I was doing this and squealing like a little girl. <laughs> The time that I knew they were there, just the sound they make, it's scary. And they might have rabies, so I was, I was worried. So that, that blur is me pulling the camera back and actually, thankfully, sitting on a branch and not falling out of the tree to get this picture of the raccoons. Lovely. They're so cute, aren't they? I love raccoons. Well, good morning. My name is Wayne. I'm the associate pastor of Youth and Family Ministries here at Alliance Bible Church. Thanks so much for taking some time out of the busy Christmas season to gather with us today as we pray, as we praise God, as we proclaim his truth and are encouraged by people. 
Have you experienced a change of plans lately? Sometimes when things don't go the way I expect, it leaves me confused, it leaves me frustrated, it leaves me without decorating my tree. The, the first picture of the tree is from yesterday. I haven't climbed back up to try again because I'm scared. But when things don't go the way I expect in life, I can, I can doubt God's leading, I can doubt his goodness. So while I don't know what changes you might be walking through in your life, I hope today that we can see from scripture that God cares for us and that he is guiding and directing us in this season of change. If you have your Bible, you can open it or your Bible app to Luke chapter one. It's on page 1360 in my Bible at home if that helps you find it. My guess is it won't, but. As we looked at verses one through four, we see that Luke's purpose for writing his gospel account. These are not myths. Christ did not ask us to close our eyes and just believe. But Luke calls us to examine the facts for ourselves. Luke was a doctor. He was a learned man. He spent time examining this, the people who had written before him and the, the verbal presentations of this news. And he decided he was going to write a detailed and orderly account. At the time of Luke's writings, the stories about Jesus and who he was and what he had done were in circulation as oral tradition, as verbal stories. And it's also likely that the, the books of Matthew and Mark were in circulation. So Luke could have used these for source material for his inspired account of the life and the teaching of Jesus Christ. Your next blanks there, Luke writes to provide another trusted source. Another trusted source, this gospel is an orderly account of the facts of Jesus that reinforce our faith in Christ and in his work. He wrote to the most excellent Theophilus. We don't know if Theophilus was a believer or just one who had heard about Christ, but Luke wrote so that he would know that the things he's heard were true and that he could have certainty. In verse 5, Luke begins to tell us about Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah is a priest in the order of Abijah. And his wife Elizabeth is also from a priestly line. We learn that they're advanced in years and have no children. They were old, righteous, and barren. To say that they were righteous doesn't mean that they had never sinned or that they had lived a perfect life observing the law of God. But when they did sin, when they did fall short, they offered the right sacrifices, they did what God had called them to do. They lived a life of faith. And yet they had no children, which many times through Bible stories, we see having no children being barren as, as a punishment for something they had done. Matthew Henry says in his commentary on these verses, many eminent persons were born of mothers that had been long childless as Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Samson, Samuel, and so here, John the Baptist to make their birth more remarkable and the blessing of it the more valuable to their parents. And to show that when God keeps his people long waiting for mercy, he sometimes is pleased to recompense them for their patience by doubling the worth of it when it comes. Elizabeth's barrenness wasn't a punishment, but it was part of God's plan. It wasn't a reaction to something she had done that kept her without children. But God needed her to wait. God needed John at this certain time to come into the world. So for years and years, Elizabeth and Zechariah lived a righteous life, 
yet had no children. We like things quick and easy, but God's plans often take time. I like pizza. Anybody else like pizza? If you don't like pizza, I, I, I don't know what to do with that. It's just, I mean, if like it's not your favorite, that's okay, but if you like actively dislike it, I just don't understand. But I like pizza, and I can get pizza rolls and microwave them for two and a half minutes. And you know what, that's a better lunch than a salad, right? Is it the best? No, <laughs> but it's better than vegetables. Or, or I can go to the Winco, I can spend $1.25 and buy a Totino's pizza and bake it at 12 minutes at 450 degrees, and that pizza is going to be better than my pizza rolls, right? The crust is crispy, they're square these days, which is weird. I used to cut them, I don't even bother cutting them anymore. I just cook it and eat it, I put it on a plate, and it's, I want one right now. But that, that Tortino's pizza that, that took a trip to Winco and 12 minutes at 450 degrees is going to be better than the pizza rolls. Or, or if I want to get really crazy, I can drive to Cana Beach and go to Fultano's and order a pizza and sit and wait for like 30 minutes while they prepare it and cook it and probably even put vegetables on it. Like onions, not like a lot of vegetables. Like, don't be gross. But that pizza at Fultano's is going to be a much better pizza, a much better experience than the pizza rolls that I could cook in two and a half minutes. A good thing is worth the wait. God's blessings are worth the wait. Amen. Amen. Let's read verses 8 through 10 together. It says, when his, Zechariah's, division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, it happened that he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense at the hour of incense. Sorry, that, that was a period. I know what that means. To enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. At the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. He was chosen by lot to enter into the holy place and burn incense. A priest was only able to be chosen to do this once in his lifetime. And it was possible for a priest to serve his whole life and never have this opportunity. We see God's hand at work. We see God's sovereignty at work in Zechariah and Elizabeth's life. We see in this image of the temple where the incense uh, altar was. The incense altar is that 2B right underneath a little yellow square. Um, where all the twos are is the holy place, where the one is the, is the holy of holies. So besides the priest entering into the holy holies once a year on the day of atonement, this was as close to the presence of God as a priest would ever get. He's right up next to that veil offering incense. Now it was common for people to gather outside during the hour of incense and be praying. People of God have always been a praying people. Through prayer, we honor God, we take our request to him, and we keep in communion with God. Zechariah had probably seen a drawing of this temple. He had a plan going into the temple. He knew what his job was, right? He'd been studying the plans. He knew where he needed to walk. He knew where he needed to go. But what happened next would catch him by surprise. Verse 11 says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. 
because your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. It was common throughout Scripture to see men be afraid when an angel appeared to them. Uh, I would bet you $3 that I would be afraid if an angel appeared to me. But this messenger of God tells Zechariah that his prayer has been heard. We don't know if that means his and Elizabeth's prayer for a child. We don't know if that means his prayers that he offers ritually as he enters the temple or all of the above. But the angel says, your prayer has been heard. Your next blank's there. You don't need to fear when it's a message from God you hear. You don't need to fear when it's a message from God you hear. A word from God through an angel likely isn't what Zechariah was expecting. Right? He expected to go in, incense on the altar, a little bit of fire, go out, ironic blessing on the people. Like That was the plan. That's what the people had done the day before and the day before and the day before. And for hundreds of years, what people had done. And he was met by an angel. But Zechariah didn't have to fear. He could trust in the Lord's goodness. He could trust that the Lord's message was good even if it was unexpected. The angel tells us that the baby is going to be named John, which means the Lord is gracious. The Lord will show his graciousness to Zechariah and Elizabeth through this baby, but also to the world. We'll read verses 14 through 17. There will be joy and delight for you. This is the angel talking to Zechariah still. And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, to make ready for the Lord a prepared people." John would come in the power of Elijah. Elijah was an Old Testament prophet. We see him doing mighty things by the power of God. He prays and it doesn't rain for a few years. He prays and it does rain again. My favorite story of God's power working through Elijah is in 1 Kings chapter 18 when Elijah and the prophets of Baal go up to the mountain and they each have a sacrifice. You should totally read it this week. Uh, It's a great story that will remind us of God's great power. Spoiler alert. Elijah wins. But it's a good story. You, you should go read it. And the angel said that John would be filled with the Holy Spirit and come in the power to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Obviously, as we get through the Christmas story, we're going to see Jesus. And he's going to come to bring the kingdom of God on earth. But John was sent to get their hearts ready. Your next blanks there, John's purpose was to prepare God's people. John's purpose was to prepare God's people. He would come so that they would be ready when Jesus came. The people of Israel had been looking for a Messiah for a long time. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm waiting for a long time, I forget to be ready for what might come. Maybe we start to doubt that it's going to come, or we just don't think it'll come in our lifetime, so we won't worry about it. But John was sent to prepare God's people. With our kiddos, we try to give them some transition time, time to get ready for what's next. 
So like if we're at a friend's house and Josiah is playing with his best friend Josiah, it's confusing but also convenient because if they're doing something wrong, you just yell Josiah and they both come. They're like a month apart. Um, they're, they're great. But if they're playing Lego and they've been playing for like two hours and we're going to leave, we don't just walk and say, hey, Josiah, we're leaving, right? Because that usually doesn't go well. We'll let them know when he has like five minutes before we need him to start picking up the Legos. We give him time to get ready for what's next. And that way he'll be able to think through, process things. He can wrap things up and then pick up Legos. And then we go. John came to let the people of Israel know what was coming next so that their hearts would be ready, so that their hearts would be prepared. Through John's words, God would take stony hearts and exchange them for hearts that were soft, pliable, trusting, and open to change. Upon receiving this news from the angel, Zechariah reminded the angel that he was old and doubted what God spoke through this messenger. Zechariah was very wise, though. In the start of this chapter, we see Luke old. But then when Zechariah is talking to the angel, he says, how can this happen? I'm old and my wife is advanced in years. Right? He's a smart guy. He's like, I'm old, she's mature. Luke says they're both old. Zechariah says that he's old. And his wife, she's advanced in years. The words from the Lord through this angelic messenger would be fulfilled in their proper time. The angel promises that. If you want to have your prayers answered, you must be open to what God can do in impossible situations, and you must wait for God to work in his way and in his time. Your next blanks there is that we have to trust God's timing. We have to trust God's timing. We want our pizza rolls done in two and a half minutes. But God is making us something better than pizza. Actually, I don't even eat pizza rolls. I just, I know that you can microwave them. Um, but God has something so much better. But we have to trust his timing. John would not be born within the week. If you've ever been a baby, you'll know that you spend about nine months hanging out in the womb. I spent a little bit longer. It was warm. I was comfortable. I was supposed to be born before Christmas. My birthday is January 14th. I'm sorry, Mom. God's promise required trust and waiting. God's promise to Zechariah and Elizabeth required trust and waiting. After a longer than normal time in the temple, Zechariah returned to outside the temple. The people realized from his gestures and his inability to speak that he had had an encounter with God. My guess is it doesn't take a real long time to walk in, put incense, fire, and walk out. But Zechariah was in there for longer. He returned, and the people realized that he had had an encounter with God. Zechariah finished his time on duty there in the temple. The priests served for a week at a time, twice a year, besides the big festivals. He finished that time, and they returned to their home in the hill country of Judea. Let's read 20, verses 24 and 25. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. We don't know why she kept herself in seclusion or hiding for five months. 
at that age, there might have been fear of some kind of miscarriage or something with the baby because they were, according to Luke, old. According to Zechariah, she was advanced in years. But we don't know. Your next blanks there, this was a great blessing, a baby, to a, a lady who had been barren for her life. But it wasn't promised that it would be easy. Babies changes things. Like if you ever had a baby as a parent or been an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or an older sibling, you know that babies change things. They bring uncertainty. They demand constant attention and they change your schedule. Like I remember when Annabelle was a baby, like she would cry and cry and it would wake Nicole up and then I would wake up in the morning and feel really bad that Nicole had been awoken by a, a baby. I was a very heavy sleeper. There was one night that then Nicole hit me to wake me up. And then I woke up, and I was like, how is that baby making so much noise? Like, they're little, right? But she was so loud. Babies changes things. This was a great blessing for Elizabeth, but it wasn't going to be without challenges, without inconveniences. But it's worth it. It's a great blessing, but it's a change. Your last blanks, Zechariah and Elizabeth were willing to lay aside their comfort for God's calling. They were willing to lay aside their comfort, what they had planned for God's calling. My guess is when Zechariah, as an old man, went into the temple, he expected to do that part of his duty. Probably to be really happy that in his lifetime he had been able to do that. And then to go back to his home in the Judean wilderness with his barren wife. Maybe it wasn't the life they had hoped for, the, the life they had dreamed for, but maybe it was the life that they were used to and the life they were just planning on living out the rest of the day. Like their retirement age. They're just going to hang out, farm, read. I don't know what they did. But I'm guessing the baby wasn't in their plans. I'm guessing that was a bit of a surprise. Zechariah went into the temple that day to perform his once-in-a-lifetime priestly duty. He had lived a life honoring God and yet without the blessing of a child. But that day, God had a change of plans. I'd like to invite the band back up to the platform. I don't know what you're facing this week or this Christmas season. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know if it's a time of great joy or a time of great trial in your life. Maybe you're in a season where, it seems, where things just seem to be falling into place. But maybe your plans have been changed by a pair of angry raccoons in the tree that you were climbing. Whatever you're facing this week, I pray that God would prepare your heart for the work that he wants to do in you. Let me leave you with this quote from uh, one of the commentaries that I read through this week. It says, God hears the prayers of an individual, and through him, because he is a priest, the prayer of a nation. He takes away the disgrace of an individual, and through her, the disgrace of Israel. Something is at hand in these days that has not happened before. Historical knowledge is about to be proclaimed a universal way of salvation. Thank you for checking out the podcast today. We hope you've enjoyed it. For more information, you can visit alliancebible.church.